There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scoops. And it's a Sam Steele night tonight for your Anaheim Ducks as Jason and Patrick take over the Forever Mighty post-game show tonight. And all because we forgot to go live if it wasn't for Gordon Bombay, apparently. <laughs> yeah, right. right, exactly. Me and you were about to fall asleep, and then we each got the notification because Gordon Bombay said, oh, what's going on now? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we, we have that thing, right? Oh, we totally forgot. Thank you, Gordon. Avid listener, avid supporter. We appreciate that, Gord. He was the first one in chat, by the way. Long time no listen, you lazy a-holes. So, there you go. Yes, yes. We've been MIA for the past several games. Eddie was here in California, and you guys can all have a good laugh, you know, at his misfortune. He uh, left my house yesterday. I dropped him off at John Wayne Airport in Orange County at 6.10. His flight was at 8.10. P.M., P.M., right? P.M., his flight was delayed, which screwed him because he had a connecting flight in San Francisco that only had a 50-minute layover. So he missed his layover. He had to sleep at the airport until 7.45 a.m. And then hop on another plane. I think a they couple, let you do that? They let you sleep? Yeah, he had to. Yeah, he had to. They, oh wouldn't give him, they wouldn't give him a hotel because it wasn't the airline's fault. It was the inclement weather. So then he flew his ass all the way over to Washington, D.C. to find out that they forgot his bag in San Francisco. So his bag Uh, with all of his clothes is stuck in California. Then he hops on a flight, barely makes it into Toronto. 
gets in Toronto, barely makes it on the bus, and he's still, still on that bus, on that bus right now <laughs> with no Wi-Fi, unable to participate, watch the game. That poor bastard's had just the, the worst luck for the last, I don't know, it's it's close to 24 to, hours. Yeah, it's over 24 <laughs> hours now. We're talking like 20, almost 30 hours. It's been a, it's yeah. been a tough tough day for Eddie. So so all, all his clothes are in uh, San Francisco still. Uh, apparently, I think they already shipped him. Or they're going to. It, it had to be on its way, but they have to ship him to his house. I mean, we, would it be kind of comical if his clothes beat him to his house? Like they exactly. got Exactly. <laughs> it's waiting out there, and it's all cold. It's, <laughs> it's all frozen over. Clothes inside. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> But yeah, we yeah. had the watch party, we were at the game, and it was just difficult to do games with traveling and schedules and mm-hmm. doing the party and all. Whatever excuse we want to take, we're going to yeah, go Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just keep blaming Eddie. I feel like we're already on that train, so we'll just keep it going. All right, let's 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 hop off that. We spent the first three <laughs> minutes talking about that. Now we got to talk about this Ducks game. It was basically the night of the kids. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. are you I kidding the me? Kids, uh, they... Uh, they steal one from Vancouver. Oh boy, did you send that as a headline? No, I. Oh, I, I you should not. have put that as a headline. The Ducks are so uh, cheesy; oh, yeah, they, they would have taken thing, that. Don't they? They yeah. probably would have taken that. Boy, no, I, sure. I take no. Pr- I take no pride in me just saying it right now. Let alone trying to take credit for it later. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give a shout out. Our chat is lively tonight. Uh, Enrique's Ooh. in here. Uh, <laughs> Dean's in here. Brett's in here. Ricky's in here. So, hey, uh, ladies. Got some good people in the chat tonight. Uh, but this game ends in a 5-4 win. At one point, it was 5-2 in the third period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the boys almost decided to go to tank mode. They let, <laughs> they let, they let good old Steely have some fun, get his yeah. hat trick, and then they decided to try to tank. But it uh, didn't quite work out for them. And, and, you know, it was a fun game, Jason. It, it really was. Like I think there was just a little bit of everything in this game. Um, it, Sam still getting the hat trick. Raquel staying hot, getting his 15th on the power play. Uh, Troy Terry getting the secondary assist on that too. That line, separately and together, mm-hmm. was a combined six points tonight. So they were dominant. Had a freaky, weird penalty shot call that I don't yeah. didn't think was going to happen. And then a really scary moment at the end of the game for Josh yeah. Manson. I, sure. I mean, he didn't move when he got hit like that. So um, unfortunate play there. I mean, hopefully he's fine. He got up under his own power and went to the bench. But this game, I mean, how'd you feel about it overall, man? A little bit of everything. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, you know, uh, some unfortunate bounces early, but the the Ducks uh, rebounded. And, and like I said, uh, something a little unusual for the Ducks, uh, given this full season, that's uh, depth scoring from somewhere else. And uh, they got it all from somewhere else uh, for the most part. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. A penalty shot, a power play goal. I mean, the fourth line was going nuts. I mean, it's, that's not a whole lot of what you see uh Especially giving up four goals, you wouldn't think the Ducks would be coming out on top, but uh, they were. So yeah, this game had quite a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to watch. It's unfortunate; it's like a too little, too late kind of effort game coming down the stretch here. Um, this team won't die. They're, I think they're still in a playoff race. Am I am I am I correct on that? It's. Uh, I I believe so with a win, unless uh, the the one team that holds their future at this point is still Minnesota. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think they're still technically in the hunt, and uh, I think this will be the first time in I don't know how long there's a legitimate chance that a wild card team will not have 90 points and get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's insane. Kind of ridiculous. That hasn't happened in decades, to put it in perspective. <laughs> that's pretty I'm – I'm pulling up the, the Western Conference right now. So you mean to tell me that there's still hope 
looking at the Ducks at 74 points with four games left. The, the second worst team, uh, I mean, prior to tonight, they were the second worst team in the conference, and they still had a chance to make the playoffs. They're, they're not making it. There's no way now. No, no, I mean, there's no way, but they technically still had the, the uh, ability to do it mathematically. Yeah, they have four games against all Pacific Division teams. Um, a lot of people I, have to lose out, and they have to win out, but there's, there's, it's, it's just insane. The they would get with eight points. They would get eighty-two. That would give them one point more than Colorado for the last wild card spot. Yeah, so Colorado holds the 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 final the final say in the Ducks future, not the Ducks. Why won't this team just go away? How come we can't just enjoy the offseason? We're second to last place in the Western Conference. Why is this a thing? Have a chance to make the playoffs. Why is this a thing? <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's so weird. There's there's so many teams out in the East, and that's because their their last wild card spot is like uh, mid to high nineties somewhere in there. But in the in the West, it's like man, you may not have to hit ninety, and you could actually make the playoffs. That's just that's insanity. It has never come uh, down to that low of points. So it's it's an odd odd thing. But uh, yeah, the, the the Ducks' chances of making it are slim to none. Never would excuse my. Uh... My co-host here tonight, he's dying of the flu for the past seven yeah, days. So you hear him so. cough. And it's annoying, I know. And now he's doing it on purpose so you guys can all no, hear what it sounds like. I'm not. I'm laughing because it's so sad. But, yeah, I, I apologize. You're just going to have to deal with it. All right, man, let's get into this game. We've got plenty to talk about here. Gibson back in net. Uh, Brendan Gooley, Ryan uh, Kessler, the two mainstays on the scratch list, as we've seen uh, over the past several weeks. They're not playing. Ryan Kess or Ryan Getzloff too, Jacob Larson and Nick Ritchie. Getzloff, Ritchie, both out with upper body injuries. I don't remember what Larson's was. Something, but he's not playing. Sure. sure. Let's so go with then, that. <laughs> now we have our uh, the ever formidable defensive pairs, right? Lindholm, Manson, yeah. Walensky, and Fowler, Magna, and Holzer coming in tonight. Yeah. Look out! Look out, Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't disappointed this entire game. I mean, if we're going to start breaking down period by period, but overall, Wilinski's game I thought was pretty good. I was I was kind of impressed with that. I even thought Fowler played uh, legitimately good defense on a couple of plays, uh, and that doesn't happen too often. So, uh, you know, it was uh, wasn't the greatest defensive effort, but I mean, the, in the first period, both two goals were just kind of fluke plays in the first place. Yeah, I mean, we could get right into those. So we have those pairings. We, you know, the forward line. Actually, before we get there, the forward lineup, which was curious, it mm. was the the idea that it was going to be these kids that are playing together on the fourth line, which yeah. made all the difference in the world. Yeah, when you have so. Kiefer Sherwood, Troy Terry, and Sam Steele, mm-hmm. I did not expect that to be an ultra dominant line. But throughout this game, they just, I mean, we already talked about it. Six points tonight, but. But really, every time this team was in trouble, they put that line on the ice, and they were just dominant. Yeah, and uh, you would think uh, out of all of them, uh, the most dominant player you would expect out of that whole thing would have probably been Troy Terry. But in my opinion, besides you know Sam Steele, I thought Sherwood had an amazing game. Uh, he spent quite a bit of time back in the AHL. I don't think he's played since the All-Star break uh, up with the big league. So he spent a little time in the AHL, and according to Dallas Eakins, was... Uh, one of their best players, especially as of late. And so he gets the call up and uh, d- didn't disappoint. It was good to see his name back in the mix as well. So, I mean, that's that's good moving forward and thinking about next season. Um, we got a lot of young guys that we got to try and figure out who's going to work where 
I mean, so it, it was nice to see that fourth line and the young guys really kind of kick up, uh, you know, over the Vancouver young guys, the Brock Bessers and the, the Pedersons. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to note, though, it's against the Vancouver Canucks, who aren't the greatest team in the league for sure. But they had a strong game. They played only 8 minutes and 46 seconds 5-on-5 five five together, but they absolutely dominated the shot share when they were on the ice. They were out there for three goals, four no goals against, which is important. Scoring chances were six to four in favor of that line, and high danger chances were three to two in favor of that line when they're out there together. So they were the most effective offensive line the Ducks had and literally only played eight minutes and change. That's kind of crazy yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, they, they were impressive uh, throughout the game in any situation, <laughs> penalty shots included. Yeah, right. So let's let's get. I want to talk about that. So we got to get through a little bit of uh, this craziness that happened at the beginning. But the first period, uh, the Ducks would get on the board first, and it would be Sam Steele to do this. The Canucks tried to pinch in up on the along the blue line, kind of like it was one of those. You could see the play develop where the Canucks were like, uh, 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 "Yeah, I'm going to go for it." He goes in, he goes tries to pinch. It was a risky pinch. Uh, turns out in the Ducks' favor as the other defensive falls and trying to trying to chase Sam Steele up the middle of the ice. Uh, Sam Steele barely gets enough clearance, I felt like, right? He got just enough away from the stick. Opens up the five-hole of the gigantic goaltender in Markstrom, who's sitting 6-6. Opens up the five-hole of there, and all of a sudden it's a one nothing Ducks game. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there, there was definitely some back pressure, and uh, especially on what was Sam Steele's uh, forehand side. And it kind of had that feeling like something I've seen before where it's just kind of like uh, the, the Ducks forward almost seems to get a clean breakaway, but then someone kind of catches a little bit behind them, and then it ends up being enough to disrupt their shot. But Sam Steele uh, took took that little bit of disruption, and it didn't really affect uh, the move that he wanted to pull off and did a really good job of opening up Markstrom and then sliding it five holes. So uh, it was good on him to just you know keep it going uh, from essentially our blue line out. He kind of outskated everything and stuck with it. So it was a good goal. It was a good move, and uh, you know it really showed uh, a, a little bit of a difference from what we're used to seeing um, when there's a little bit of pressure on a breakaway a Ducks player that actually can still control it, make a good play, and get a goal out of it. Yeah, still convert, right? I mean, not, yeah. not panic, flub the puck. It worked out great for both of a nice move there. Definitely not as nice as move of the night, though. Um, no. But the Canucks would strike back. It'd be Jake Fertonen on a 2-1-2 rush. Kind of spins off Walensky. Walensky was on his back. Kind of spins backhand. Throws the puck towards the net. Unfortunately, goes off Cam Fowler's skate. John Gibson, of course, being the terrible goalie that he is, can't seem to find (laughs) it in the crease. And he goes 5-0 on him. And now we have a 1-1 game. Pure luck there, though, by the Canucks. Yeah, a little bit unfortunate. Uh, Walensky kind of gets beat. He's a little bit slow. I mean, at least he, he... Keeps the the center line and forces the Canuck forward to to abandon maybe a cut to the middle of the net and uh, forces him behind the goal line. But he throws it back out, and then it's just a random bounce that just randomly hits off of Fowler. But at the same time, uh, the Vancouver player who's crashing the net is trying to shoot at it, and it just ends up going five hole. It's just a, a, a quick kind of broken play, bang bang. That uh, you know, it just it was willing its way into the net. There wasn't much anyone was going to do, but the only thing is just maybe Walensky being a little bit more up on the player or, um, you know, just being able to, to push him to the side. He kind of got beat and that kind of threw everyone off a little bit. Yeah. And the bad bounces would continue. I mean, it honestly felt like 
it was going to be that type of game for Anaheim. This first yeah. period, you're just kind of like, oh, here we go. So that random one goes in. Steal the great <laughs> play, then that random-ass shot by Vertanen goes in. Yeah. And then we have Edler from the point with a hard shot towards the net. Hits Perry's stick on a perfect bounce tip, apparently, because yeah. hits off the blade of his stick, bounces in towards the net. And then I didn't see it, but apparently it clipped. They thought it clipped Pearson, and yeah. then it didn't clip Pearson. I think the actual goal was eventually awarded to uh out, out to Edler again, so they gave it to yeah. Pearson back to Edler. So, yeah, random bounce weird. pass Gibby there. Yeah, it's a, so not only is that play a weird one in the first place, but they end up that comes off of uh, an offensive zone faceoff. Where the reason they had an offensive zone faceoff was that a puck got stuck on the dasher part, and Pearson was kind of pushed up against there by the Ducks players. And the puck, so they kind of just froze it there. Like, the players kind of knew it was behind him. It wasn't in his gear, but he held him there. And then there was a little debate on where that face-off should be from there, since it was technically being pinned there by Pearson. But they end up having the face-offs in the uh, the Anaheim zone. It never leaves there after the face-off ends up going in. So all around, just a weird play that the face-off stays in there. There's a thought that it should have been outside, since there was a Vancouver player who technically killed the play by by you know pinning it up against the glass but uh yeah it's just you know, one of those weird unfortunate uh that play and then the play that ends up being a goal it was just it was all weird again and like you said it was uh, kind of that feeling like damn it we're not going to catch any breaks are we <laughs> yeah that's what it felt like in that first period but the the, the yeah. chances are pretty even the, the, and obviously the score was pretty period. close not a bad period yeah. for anaheim uh going into the second period we've got to talk about sam Steele's goal his second of the night Fourth line with a nice rush up the ice after Sherwood, you know, with a nice defensive play in the neutral zone, gets the puck free from the uh, the on-rushing Canucks, able to cut yeah. in in the high slot, rip a shot on Markstrom. Markstrom can't handle it, goes for a bit of a swim, dives out of the <laughs> yeah. crease they, as he's getting back up, steals right there on the doors to be able to chop it home. Uh, a bad play by Markstrom there, but Steele capitalizing, and now we have a 2-2 game. Yeah, a couple of, couple of things on that goal is, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Sherwood's, uh, thought or his move to go to the middle and kind of you know on his forehand gets to the middle and throws it in there that becomes more difficult for a goalie especially if uh, your defenseman's kind of screening you at the same time that shot hits him right in the chest so Markstrom should have been able to control it it does bounce in front of him and then the the way it bounces is kind of on its side it's not flat and so it, t- it gets away from him. He tries to pull it in, doesn't. He's on his stomach. But there's not a lot of room. And Sam Steele just is able to kick it from his skate to his stick and put it in just the right spot. Because there was a defenseman there, too. There wasn't a lot of spot. And he put it low, and it still somehow went in. Uh, Marstrom definitely should have probably had the original shot or at least the rebound control. Uh, but even then, it's it was uh, you a know, one-in-a-hundred shot that Steele kicks it to his stick and puts it in a very narrow opening so you kind of feel like oh, okay well Steele's on his game you feel like he's, he's gonna just score whenever he wants <laughs> <laughs> so he has that happen and then not to uh not to uh you know Terrible. I guess you know hold anything back tonight he decided to go out and get the hat trick on what was one of the weirdest plays in a game I've seen in a <laughs> long time a stick is broken at in the Canucks zone Ducks are controlling the yeah. puck controlling the puck controlling the puck Fowler gets the puck on the blue line, and I about yelled at my TV because I thought he was an idiot for trying to pass the puck. There was a guy, I don't know who was, on the wing, loaded, yeah. cocked and loaded for a one-timer, just screaming yeah. and waiting for someone to pass to him. And yeah. he elects to pass the puck 
along the blue line and I saw it hit the stick and I was like, you moron, like the stick was there. Go yeah, figure. No. It was Granlin pushes the puck yeah. or pushes the stick in the way where the puck was being passed, mm-hmm. gets tipped up, referees blow it dead, and then I got mad at that point too. It's like that's not offside. I didn't go <laughs> yeah, outside no. the blue Why line. Why are you stopping the play? The play? No one had possession of the puck. It. They still have possession. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> then, like, you know, the zebras, cl- you know, gather and go over and talk at the corner or, you know, on the half wall. And that usually never forever. works out for Ducks. If the zebras get together, it's like, damn it, they're going to figure out a way not to make this happen for us. Like, it made no sense <laughs> to me, this entire thing. And I'm expecting yeah. them to come back out and try. I think they were, try- like, in my mind, they were trying to figure out, like, where's the faceoff going to be? So yeah. it, hit, it, hit a pu- it hit the stick. And it didn't go out of the zone. We blew it dead on accident. Is that is that going to neutral zone face off? Is that an offensive zone face off? And then I was like, oh, maybe it's a penalty because a guy moved the stick, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like a delayed game penalty or, or Me something too. like that. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, they, they all get together. And the fact that they blew the play dead, and I'm like, well, you know, if it's a penalty, why would you blow the, blow the play dead if they didn't get possession of it? So then I thought like, oh, well, you know, it's not you – know, because I saw the whole play where Gramlin actually threw the stick out there, and I was I was screaming. I'm like, "Oh my god! You know, that's got to be something. You can't do that. It's like picking up a stick that's not yours and starting to play around with it. You can't do that." I just didn't realize it was actually a penalty shot that there was an actual rule for it. No, me either. I had no idea that was going to happen. So when they turned around and said the call is a penalty shot. I was like, "What? Oh, okay. <laughs> that, what did I miss?" Like, All right. Well, that's not going to help us either. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, great! They're gonna they're gonna somehow give that over to Jacob Megna for whatever reason. Yeah. Let him go in on a penalty shot. It like make no sense whatsoever." But Bob Murray, being uh, Bob Murray behind the bench, decides Supreme to overlord. go against what uh, Randy Carlisle's instincts would have told him, and you know, giving the puck to Corey Perry on a penalty shot. And Sam Steele pulls off just a just a ballsy, straight up, confident ass move. I mean, dude comes in on the break. Is able to deke forehand, backhand, like he's going to cut back, and then just roofs that puck. I mean, Markstrom bit so hard on that. Markstrom's a there's, big dude, and he bit hard, and he, he got roofed on that for the hat trick. There's not much that Sam Steele did wrong or that Markstrom did wrong on that. Sam Steele had that puck in front of him, which yells deke, uh, which doesn't yell he's going to shoot it. Definitely not that he's going to backhand it. But at the last second... Steele pulls it to his side and on his backhand and then gets so much leverage on it and roofs it on the backhand. That's incredibly difficult and also something you never really see. And so he had Markstrom starting to move, thinking, like, there's no way that kid's going to roof it. So I've got down low. He's probably going to try and fake the shot, go to the forehand, and I'm going to start moving. And he just absolutely roofed it. It was it was an amazing, like you said, ballsy. A ballsy move because most of the time you're either going to miss that or you're not going to get the the lift out of it that you're going to need to beat a goalie that size. So that was I can't fault anyone anywhere. It was you know Markstrom played it as as well as any goalie probably would have. Uh, but Sam uh, Sam Steele just chose to do something and it, it worked out beautifully for him. Yeah, and he becomes what the second Duck rookie rookie to record a hat trick. So the youngest that, ever. Yeah, youngest ever. Behind, uh, well, second only to Bobby Ryan, but youngest ever. Bobby Ryan. I and you know, what, you know what team Bobby Ryan had that goal against? Uh, Vancouver. Well, uh, I think it was the Kings. Kings. I remember being the yeah. Kings. I remember <laughs> being the Kings. the Kings. <laughs> it was the Kings, and I remember that because poor Bob Miller like screwed up Bobby Ryan's name as he was making the hat trick move for the goal. He did this spin around. Bobby Ryan. 
he called him Bobby. So I don't know. He totally screwed it up. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was really bad. And it was like Bobby the only. Ruffin it was like one of the games where they were airing it only on the Kings Network, not the Ducks. Uh, so there was like no clean audio of him not screwing the name up. Poor Bob yeah. Miller. <laughs> it was just, but I remember that game. That's when he had the goal, the hat trick goal. Uh, let's move on here. That's the next goal. Will be the Ducks' fourth goal of the night. Ricard Raquel on the power play. This little Ducks setup. They try to circle the puck around and just feed it to him as the shooter, and it's really working out here. Is he? Just, I mean, my God, what are you going to do on that if you're Markstrom? It goes top, short side. Silverberg blocking out the sun until the last possible second. Now it's a 4-2 game. Yeah, that uh, you can't um, undersell exactly what Silverberg did because he absolutely took Markstrom's eyes away uh, at, the, at the right moment. So, like, Markstrom maybe had an idea of where Raquel might have been shooting, but by the time Silverberg is passing through like an eclipse <laughs> right in front of him, that's when Raquel takes a shot and shoots it the other way. And at that point, you, you never see the release. Uh, you just maybe know where he might be shooting, but literally you're just hoping you're big enough that it hits you. And uh, at that point, that is a perfect screen, a moving screen uh, that, uh, you know, Silverberg's not the biggest guy, but uh, Markstrom's also a guy that kind of gets a little bit low and likes to go on the butterfly. And so if you pass by right before he shoots, he's kind of stuck in no man's land waiting until he sees the puck. And if he doesn't see it, it, there's a lot of opening if he's not in his butterfly position. It's like he relied on his size on that point, right? Because you can't see it. You just try to block out as much as you can. That's all you do. You just like, all right, if you never see the shot, you can't react. You can't go, I guess he's shooting now. I guess he's shooting over here. I mean, you, you would never do that. You just stand there until you know where the puck might be. And Silverberg moved right in the way, right as the shots released. That was just beautiful timing. And let's get to the final goals in the third period for the Ducks. The final Ducks goal, anyway, in the third mm-hmm. period. The key for Sherwood takes over a fumble pass by Elias Pedersen. Pedersen in the slot it was so pissed after he fumbled his puck. Gets the <laughs> yeah. pass with a breakout, goes right off the toe of his stick or the heel of his stick. Yeah. And he basically just fanned on collecting it. And he yeah. sends it to the high slot. And Sherwood just walks in and roofs it on Markstrom. The broadcast tried to note, and I know you're the goalie guy, that mm. all these shots the Ducks are putting through lately on Mark Charlie lately in this game is uh, on glove side. Or, right? Yeah. Was it his glove or his stick? They're going short side high on him. Yeah, well, that one was his stick side. Um, so stick side eyes uh, are they going. The Raquel yeah. one, I believe, was his glove side. Uh, the, the first one was five hole. The other one was glove side. The, the uh, penalty shot was glove side. I think the other one was stick side when he was down and out. Yeah, so so Raquel had a stick side high one too. I think they were just going yeah. high. I think was the main point they were trying to drive. Because I kept home. trying to say like he was sitting on his knees a lot, right? Because he's so big. He's like, so uh, big and he's in a butterfly, and that's what you kind of do in blocking. But when it's a when it's a turnover like that, and you're not quite expecting it, you try to come out and challenge. And if you don't get set, that's kind of the biggest thing. If you can get set. You can drop on the butterfly if you have active hands, meaning your 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 blocker and your glove are still in the you know up position in front of you. You can track that and and get your hands up there if you're a big goalie like that. But the fact that it got turned over so quickly, he had to try and come out, cut off the angle, and then drop into position. It just it was a good shot. It was a quick shot, and that's kind of the key. Don't let him get set up and just this fling it and fire it. And if you could throw it up to the top corners, it's hard for any goalie to to get to that. So this one was just kind of a turnover in front. There's not a whole lot Markstrom could have done on it. It was a good shot and a bad turnover by Vancouver. Yeah, so Vancouver would get back on the board, though. Made it interesting. Yeah. Uh, Levo from the slot beats Gibby High. That all of a sudden there now is 
And then you move on here. Tanner Pearson wraps up a fat rebound after Stetcher's shot hits Gibby high. Can't control the rebound. Gibby kind of lays down, hoping to catch a piece of it. He can't do that. And now Pearson wraps that one home. Now it's 5-4. How do you feel about Gibson on those two plays? Um, well, on the second one, it was a lost face-off in um, the offensive zone, I think, by Derek Grant. This might be one of those things where you start missing the Kesslers and the gets lost in the lineup where it was such a clean loss. And then I think Josh Manson was a little slow at covering uh, his guy, who is the one who ultimately ends up getting that rebound. He's kind of on the odd side of it. But it was a quick play. It's a, face, a clean faceoff win, a shot, a rebound happens. Yeah, maybe you hope Gibson can have it, but that one was more kind of in the shoulder area. Shoulder ones, it's hard to keep a rebound unless you're able to put your glove up against your shoulder. But if it's on your odd shoulder, it's tough. And I mean, those shots are that shot was stick side, so it is tougher to to control the rebounds. And I think he maybe didn't track where the rebound went as well as he wanted to afterwards, and it ends up being a goal. So uh, yeah, ones that he maybe wants back, but at the same time, there's there's a lot of things that kind of go into that as well. So oh well, yeah, like on the great. On the first one, there was a turnover. He goes out and plays the puck, wraps it along the wall. Ducks turn it over along the wall. And then the Canucks are able to rip a shot from the high slot. It was really high between the face of the circle, face-off circles. And it just caught Giddy in that nice little crook area between yeah. the elbow and the head. That's a tough spot for a goalie to get a good read on. And plus, that's an uncomfortable save, right? I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what happens and, there. Yeah, and exactly. And it's the same thing that kind of happened with uh, Markstrom on the fifth goal. It's just like it's a turnover that probably shouldn't have happened. Lindholm's kind of in the area, but almost kind of more of a screen than he is actually helping in that situation. And Gibby's trying to come out, but he never really gets set. And then the shot's in a good spot, and it's it's one that he can't quite glove down. So, you know, both of them, yeah, hopefully he, he reads it a little bit better, you know, gets to it a little bit. But at the same time, you know, there they, they were lapses all around. But, uh, you know, he's, he's not – free of guilt on that one he probably should have uh, been a little bit more prepared for it or you know like i said rebound control if you can or stay in control like in that that second one being on your side it's going to be really hard to make a save after that even if it hits you in the shoulder you should still have your shoulders up you should be able to move with that rebound so he was kind of floundering a little bit so the end the game we ended on a on a kind of a scary note josh manson goes to the locker room after uh, it seemed like forever on the ice uh, I knew yeah. he was in trouble right away because he didn't move. Like, if you get hit in the yeah. face and it hurts, like, you reach up and grab and you kind of squirm and move. It it, yeah. it kind of looked like he might have been, I mean, the broadcast Based. said TKO'd, yeah. right? He wasn't knocked out, but, I mean, he was technically knocked out at that point. It didn't look good for him. He goes in to hit Tanner Pearson, catches all helmet to the face, and yeah. then just drops immediately. A scary moment there for Josh Manson, man, for real. Yeah, learn how to hit, dude. <laughs> no no i i feel bad and uh especially uh with josh manson he's you know he's he's a physical guy and he's not one that stays down i've seen a lot of times where he's kind of you know caught in a, a, a stick to the chops and uh you know he's down for like half a second gets up and he's usually pissed uh and that's that's kind of how he rolls so it's you know anything that kind of hits him and knocks him down for any amount of time uh is definitely a little cause for concern happens at the end of the game um, yeah, it's kind of one of those weird, odd plays where he goes in for a hit and he just ends up catching the helmet. It would have been a good hit if he didn't catch the helmet in the face. 
Yeah, so it's... hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's probably you know some sort of concussion or mild concussion, but it doesn't look like the soul left the body type concussion. You know, where where he's out and like you're like you're like waiting like Korea. You're like waiting for him to breathe. You're no, for some but sort any of any little body. any little place like that where you get hit in the head is always it's always scary. The fact that he didn't move. And was he the fell tell for me backwards? You don't do that if you know if you you got your wherewithal. Like if you got hit and it hurts, you kind of you, you know to kind of turn to the side. He kind of got hit, kind of you know collapsed a little bit backwards on his knee awkwardly. You know that's that's a play that could hurt your knee or you know a ligament in your knee. And so you don't normally do that if you're if you're conscious about what's happening. So I have to believe it's you know a mild concussion because you. It didn't seem completely out of it, but it was enough to kind of stun him for a second. Yeah, it, it just really didn't look good. So hopefully yeah. he's okay, and he'll be back in action here on, I think the Ducks play at Calgary on Thursday. So that's, or yeah. Friday. There's a Friday-Saturday Friday. game. And Friday, Calgary, Saturday, Edmonton. Let's get to some of the post-game notes here that we don't have a lot, but I would like to talk about that kid line. Is that yeah. something you want to see stuck together here? Because Sam Steele was the emergency call-up for Ryan Getzloff. So, I mean, maybe you keep them up. Maybe you don't. I mean, the playoffs are coming around, and the, and the goals aren't guaranteed a playoff spot. So what do you do? Do you keep these kids together for another game? Um, I mean, gets, if Getzloff's ready to play, you, you you look at your lineup and who you're going to probably move around. Like I, I think Sherwood's probably the, the odd man out, even though he had a good game. Um, because I don't think you can really get rid of uh, Jones or Terry and Sam Steele's definitely making a case not only this game but over the last couple of games that he's jumped in. Now he's center, and that maybe when Geslav comes back, he's possibly the odd man out. At the same time, there's there's a possibility you keep you keep Grant out. There's a possibility you keep Rowney out. I mean, there's there's other people that you could possibly sit. So uh, Bob Murray obviously will play the hot hand and if those you know that those kids played as well as they did tonight they should deserve another shot against the calgary team that's also young and quick see how they play against them uh because i mean uh, i mean just look at the move where he, he said listen sam Steele, go back out there and score a goal on a penalty shot i'm gonna give it to you i could give it to any veteran any guy i know could usually it's, score on that, but I'm giving it to you because you're having a good game. But with Steele and Sherwood, they're the emergency call-ups. They're the ones who have to go back down once Getz is fine. Yeah. So it's either one of them got to go back. So at yeah. that at that it, point, you're breaking up that line anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, yeah. So I guess if that's if the emergency call-ups is because of Getzloff, I just thought because Getzloff was there that it was just a regular call-up. Uh, it's emergency, emergency yeah. It's emergency call up. The Ducks have used as many many roster players as possible. <laughs> yeah, they're at the uh, point of no return. Fifty, right? I yeah, mean, it's it's it's, it's stupid how many guys they've used. Yeah, it's got to be close. Yeah, and <laughs> Brett in our chat confirms that Annie also says that uh, it's also the same if Richie comes back. So well, yeah, we'll see what happens. There. There. Yeah. Um, so well, Richie Richie didn't uh, follow them on the um, the trip, so I think uh, I think that means Sherwood's a little bit safer. Unless they want to put Sherwood down and let's uh, Steele play uh, wing or something. So I got I got to get to this question too, uh, or Sorry, actually a, a statement. Uh, Dean mm-hmm. in our chat, he had said this. I don't know. Um, actually, quite a bit ago, at the beginning of the podcast. Three days but ago. I remember because I wanted to get back to it. He said, on a serious note, and this might be a little bit of recency bias, just because we've seen the kids play well. He says, I don't see Capo or Hughes being necessary. 
and we don't even have a roster spot for them. We have Steele, Sherwood, Jones, Terry, and Comtois just build their confidence. Is that something that you would kind of go along lines with, though? Because I know that you weren't really big on the, the tank in order to get a high draft pick. Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I mean, I, I'm more optimistic than you and Eddie as far as uh, where this team stands and how competitive how soon they can be competitive moving forward. Um, so, no, I, I don't feel that uh, um, the, getting one of the top two guys, those those guys are the, the two most ready to jump right into the NHL. But I feel we've got like four or five guys that are at that point anyways that can jump into the NHL and contribute. Um, I, I don't feel it's all that important to get those guys because I, I really? still feel – that the, the younger players on this team could absolutely produce under this type of system. See Sam Steele doing it, Troy Terry. I mean, if if Jones could just get to the back of the net more often, we got three young guys that could put up 10, 10 to 15 goals just in those guys alone. Uh, and then just add in Kasha back into the lineup. And uh, Richie stays on par. And, uh, you know, I just I can see this team being a lot better next season. Definitely in the playoff hunt, we're going to get a lot more goals just based on how the team plays. So I'm not as you know devastated if we don't get uh, you know a real. Okay, hold on. Let, let's 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 go back okay. here for a second here. It's right. this team. <laughs> yeah, remix. Uh, this team hasn't been lights out with Bob Murray. Nope, they're not winning every game. They're, they're not blowing not anyone out of the water. I mean, they blew Montreal out of the water, but, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's it's not been an amazing, you know, Bob Murray half after Carlisle. It's been better, but with this team fully healthy, we've seen it fully healthy under Bob Murray. It's been no, pretty Kasha, damn healthy. Never seen Kasha with him. Okay, so no Kasha, and uh, and then you saw a little bit of Gooley, and then I'm not really counting He's Kessler seen, here because I don't in, see Kessler. in and out, gets lost. I mean, I guess. But I just don't feel. Like, I don't really feel like they're like the going to be the like, the like what we're seeing here is going to be that this next huge leap into next season. I think we're seeing a middling five hundred team next year. Oh God, no! It's they're a middling, middling five hundred right now. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. You, you expect these guys to take this big of a jump in six months? Half of this season was in you six think months. This team's going to be just as bad under Bob Murray. They're pretty much five hundred. Bob Murray's not a coach. Bob Murray just instilled at least a little bit of what he wants in, in the team. Say, hey, let's play this way. What's going to elevate the these players to a 100-point season? Well, first off, the system. The system was the thing that was uh, screwing them over for the first two-thirds of this season. The last third has actually been watchable hockey. Yeah, no, they haven't killed every single team, but they've also been now dealing with a lot of the injuries to the top players. And I think it's now getting those younger players in that have had a little bit more seasoning in the AHL that didn't look that good in the beginning under their Carlisle system, now look good under this system. Now bring in Dallas Eakins, who I think is probably going to get that head coaching job. And what he's done with the AHL team, I think if you start playing this way with this team, the the younger guys come in there are going to fill the gaps that we weren't scoring earlier. This team was so desperate for goals earlier. Now we're finally... Five goals against Vancouver, eight goals against um, Montreal. No, not every game is going to be like that. But we couldn't. We could barely scrape together two okay, goals. Okay, so a game. what's what's a good season for you next year? Getting in the, on the eighth or seventh seed. Well, uh, is that my, is that a good my, season? 
in it's my not opinion, to me. Uh, a good season would definitely be one number one or number two in the division. Where I think we get is a uh, number three in the division or number two. Quite honestly, I think we're a division wow. team next year. That's, that's huge. Yeah, that, that's, that's a huge that's difference. What I so feel. I feel this. this you're one talking was Vegas, so Calgary, bad. and the Sharks. One of them is not going to be as good as Anaheim. Calgary next year. be interesting to see what happens next year. They, Have you seen that team def- score? By the way, my God. Every now and again, lately they've been kind of blowing up. Uh, they, it's that team is yeah, their a lot still of firepower. Somewhat of, of question, but they're also don't talk about your too. boy Mike Smith that way. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean Vegas kind of came back down to reality a little bit, and the, the Pacific Division is just crap in the first place. All you got to be is the best best three in there, and you know, you know, it, it, you know, it depends where San Jose is going to be, but. I mean, if you take away the first two thirds of this game, uh, this season, and you have, you have a, a different team. coach and a different and a different system in there, the the Ducks are up there. I mean, the Ducks are still in a playoff, or you know, potential playoff spot. I mean, they could potentially still make the playoffs at this point of the season. It's, like, it's got to be like a point four percent chance or three percent chance. Yeah, I know. There, there's no way they're making it. But what I'm saying is, had this change came after one third of the season, the Ducks could easily be in a playoff spot at this point. I just don't feel like a middling team that gets it squeaks into the playoffs and gets blown out and around or loses in six games is worth is worth it. I just don't feel like it is. I feel like this team has a little bit more of a, a rebuild under it that's necessary in order to become a contender again, and that's what Bob Murray's talked about. And then, and then and the direction that we've heard him say is he's going to go for college free agents. So. There's no, there's no. Re- I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't think this team's going to be that much better next season than what Bob Murray's already doing. <laughs> Is it going to be better than Carlisle? Oh hell yes! I think it's yeah. definitely going to be. It, you can't go much further down the pit of despair than we yep. did with Randy Carlisle as coach. I'm getting all kinds of crap in chat, by the way. This is great. <laughs> Good, you should. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you saying that they're a cup contender or just playoffs? Uh, they're definitely playoffs, but I mean, once you're doing playoffs, um, you, you, it becomes a tournament. And when it's a tournament, you could be the 2012 uh, LA Kings, and you could be coming in eighth, and you can actually win the cup. Uh, tournament style changes a lot of things. It's why it's very rarely do you see a president trophy, no matter how, how many times they win it. Uh, you rarely see them actually win the Stanley Cup. It's because it becomes a tournament, it becomes a grinding thing, and it becomes you see the same team four to seven times in a row. You start picking part, you know, part some of that um, that strategy that made that team so good in the regular season doesn't necessarily translate all the time to playoff success. So yeah, if you get into the playoffs, that you've always got a chance at the Stanley Cup, no matter what. That being said, do I think they're favorite to win the Stanley Cup next season? No. They still got young players that still need to get a little bit better. But if they're a little bit better than what they were this year, that's a team that's definitely in the playoffs and could definitely surprise teams. They got that speed. They got that youth when half of their team is going to be under 25 forwards. That's a good team, especially if that's the direction we were moving in in the first place. Well, we could definitely keep on this argument for quite a long time. <laughs> a long let's time. Let's hop off this. Let's see what we got in the way of questions here. Let me go to them. First five. Why is Pat so wrong? Yeah, why is Pat? Why is Pat so angry? <laughs> if the moon was made of barbecue <laughs> sparrows. <laughs> Sorry. I totally <laughs> coughed over your chair. But I know exactly where you're going with it. 
Okay, so this question, I guess, is kind of along the lines we were just talking about. Uh, Jan Richter says, "To have fun, I didn't look at the standings, but at the moment, we are uh, we are too good, and other teams tank. Buffalo lost against the Senators. How can we see this season when we get only an okay pick? Kids look good. Offense and power play get better. How can we see this season? I guess panning out when we only get an okay pick. Like, how can we look at the season and only get an okay pick?" Like, we're not getting the tank. We're not getting the tank pick. So so what? This team is good at drafting. All right? So they're good at drafting. Uh, You know, yeah, we don't get the one or two that you maybe would hope for. And there's still a possibility. Even if we're seventh or eighth uh, pick and the lottery happens, there's a chance we can get those one or two picks. I mean, there's always a possibility we still get that. Now, if we don't get it, am I all of a sudden sad that the Ducks are are just – Well, just throw away your first-round pick. It's not going to matter. It's not the number one or number two. No, they're still good players. It'll just take a little bit long for them to see NHL time. First-round players generally make the NHL at some point. The first top two are just the ones that are probably the best, the quickest that can make the transition, and have the greatest potential to have great careers. I think the Ducks have a lot of great players and they don't necessarily have to have that number one or number two this season nice if they could they don't i'm not crying over it i think they're still good gordon bombay also asked are you planning anything for the ducks at the big a for baseball september 13th is ducks night apparently would you want to uh should we should we sacrifice our souls and go to a baseball game God, is he buying beer? Yeah, because you got to find me something to do when I'm at an Angel game. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm just not yeah, a baseball not, guy. I, I am not watching a baseball game sober. I refuse. I just can't do it. I, I spend way <laughs> yeah, too much money. Do. It becomes yeah, after after, the, after after 30 minutes have passed and they're still in the first batter. I'm I'm out. You got you got to take out a personal loan to go to an Angel game, and that's not for the tickets. It's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just drinking. <laughs> I would like to do something though. It'd be cool to go do a tailgate. Yeah, barbecue. yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, all joking aside, I don't mind going to baseball games. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, if I'm going, that's I'm ready to drink. That's that's it. I'll watch and you know, chant and that sort of deal. But uh, baseball's not the most exciting game to watch. Just sit my sweaty ass in the shade, and I'll do whatever you want at the game. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't yeah, put my, I'll, my I'll, giant like head mid- in the sun. It'd be bad. What? Don't they? They usually have like the the like ditch work games. Like it's usually like Wednesday, and it's like twelve thirty five. I love that. Like the, how do they how do I they do get like people those. there? It's insane. Like you just have to yeah. be like, I'm missing work that day. Yeah, I just don't want to do it when it's like August, and then you're in the for the freaking sun. Just oh, and it's like, like it's like a hundred and ten this summer. And it's like oh. oh, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Let's see what day that's on. That's the thirteenth. It is a Friday, so yeah. that's definitely yeah. doable. It's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. That's something we should probably look to do. Honestly, we should probably get there, get to, get a bunch yeah, of chance to go. We're, get we're some trying seats. to do more stuff in the off season, anyway. So why not? That's a good yeah, idea. for sure. Does anyone have um, anything in the chat they want to get to us? I was a moron and did put out our question until like after the game, like way after the game. So we sure. didn't get a ton of questions. So if you have any questions in the chat here, speak up or forever hold your peace, and we'll move on Pieces. and kind of wrap the show. In, in the meantime, um, we got to go ahead and talk about. Uh, some of the plans here for April. There's some 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 rumblings going around. A few of us, some of our Patreon subscribers, and us are talking about doing a goals game come April mm. playoffs. If they make the playoffs, like that's the thing, yeah. they got to make the playoffs and get in there. But that'll be mid-April, so yeah. maybe spending a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, 
in San Diego because there's no way in hell I'm driving back. No. After I'm going to well, a Colts we, game. we had also talked about taking a train down there because on the train, A, you can drink, and B, it's pretty, you know, direct. Go down there and then uh, maybe see, yeah, one of the uh, AHL games for the goals. That would be that would be a lot of fun. I've heard a few horror stories from the train, though. We're, like, heading back really? on the train. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, my wife had gotten stuck on the train where they had, like, it took three or four hours to get back from San Diego on the train. Because they had all kinds of issues on the track. So, like, a train was late, then this train was late, and it just backed everything up. So, uh, it's a little dicey. But they have, bo- they have booze on a train, right? And they do, but it's not cheap. <laughs> I don't think it's, like, $2 beer night right, on Amtrak. Let's, let's, well, we'll sneak, in, we'll sneak in booze. <laughs> all right, we got, another t- we got another question here from chat. Okay. Is there room for Sherwood, or is the odd or is he the odd man out next season with Comtois and Kasha? Um, well, when we went to the uh, Bobby Breakfast... Uh, Bobby he, Pancake Bonanza. Pancake There's Bonanza so many things breakfast. we can say for that. Yeah, it's, it's so many things. <laughs> so he he pretty much said no one has uh, has inked their name onto a roster spot. That that I I took it as meaning that not even Terry or Jones has a roster spot come next season. He's going to evaluate you know what they do at the end of this season, what lines might work. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's going to reevaluate who's going to be good enough to play come next season. Now, Sherwood impressed and came onto the team this year. But then after or around the All-Star break, he, he left. But he did really well in the AHL, got the emergency call up, had a hell of a game tonight. So he's got the opportunity to do it. He's just got to outwork the other guys on there. And that's a great thing to do, to have that competition. Um, he could be the odd man out, but at the same time, he's going against you know kids that are the same age. So he's got, in my opinion, just as good of a chance because he's got more NHL experience than than some of them. And I think he's done really great in the opportunity he's been given. It definitely, in my opinion, I want to see more of him. Wasn't that cute of Bobby player. to say that? No one has. Yeah, I'm not kid. giving away roster spots here. It's like, well, hey, buddy. Um, by yeah. the way, you have a lot of old guys yeah. on there who are probably not going to be on a lot of a lot of ice time, and you have these young kids who are killing it. So, hmm. Yeah, but hmm. there's also there's there's going to be guys that are not going to be on there, and you know, there's a lot of good young players and not a lot of opening spots. So it's just it depends who's gonna who's gonna win those spots, and uh, that comes in uh, the training camp and the preseason. So he's just he's got to keep going and keep going the way he is because. I like the way he plays. I hope he stays on the team. So you believe I, that? What? That he's just going to let it be open? I mean, come on. There's going to be – you. I mean, Troy Terry's definitely making this team. Well, for sure. I mean, this whole part right now is a tryout. Uh, I'm sure Wood's in on an emergency basis, but the other guys are getting a real good look at it. So it's almost like they're getting a better look at a – or a longer – you know, uh, preseason or a longer training camp. It's starting now for them. So he's looking at what lines could work next year, what he wants to see, that sort of deal. So Sherwood doesn't have probably that step up that Terry or Jones or Sprong has. Um, but if he it plays well enough and he, he improves well enough in the offseason – you can't really hold him back if he's going to produce. It's kind of like Sprong. It's like, yeah, he's got little deficiencies here and there, but he's overwhelmingly great offensively. You just can't keep sitting him. You can't right. do that. Yeah, he can score goals. How would you put his ass out there? Yeah. Um, and then I have one question for you, off topic, mm. before we before we call it quits tonight. What my favorite pop so, star is? No, I mean, I know, yeah, I know what that is, man. We, 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 share, we share the same. We share the same <laughs> love. 
I I rarely eat those, but I used to as all as a kid all the time. Those the brown uh, brown cinnamon and sugar. Brown sugar best. cinnamon. Um, so there's a lot of those NHL like playoff like it's going to get exciting Stanley Cup commercials coming out, and the NHL is like showing old ones, and they're showing the one with like. You know, history will be made and all that. Nah, How yeah, do you yeah. feel about people creating their own with the Paul Korea hit? Where Korea gets just absolutely blown up pretty much, you know, by well after the, the Stevens, play yeah. by Stevens, gets KO'd. And then all this stuff comes out after Korea. He doesn't remember the game, doesn't remember anything after the game. And other kind of, like people are like excited with it together. I just wanted your feeling on that. I mean, it's a controversial I, topic here. I, I think it's in poor taste. Um, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, get on a um, soapbox and decry it. And no, you but just you for you. That. Right. Um, but I would say if you show that and you're saying history will be made, you better show the follow-up to that. When he gets hit and then he comes back and scores the day. They show it. They show it. I've seen all it by right, several they, people they across that, the place. Then, yeah, across then, all social media. I'm, I'm more okay with it. I mean, it hurts me. Personally, I don't like it. I, <laughs> I, see, I, I don't like it. I get what their heart player. is. Like they're trying to celebrate the player. These are Ducks fans doing it. It's no one trying to offend him or doing like that. But it just okay. It just kind of. I feels... guess they're giving it context to that goal. So I, I would feel that if that hit never happened, as good as that goal was, it wouldn't have had as much significance without the play that happened before. And it's I don't know, man. I just feel like it's. A little too much. It's like just leave it. Leave it be. <laughs> well, it like, we have, watch. but like we have other, we have like other goals in the history of the Ducks. <laughs> we could always hark it back to. You know, the Solani in overtime Solani, over Dominic yeah, Oshik is probably the yeah. greatest goal in Anaheim Ducks history, bar none for me. Um, you could also go to the Niedermeyer goal from the blue line where Luongo lost Luongo. his mind and the puck was. <laughs> well, I didn't lose his there's, mind. There's he got other distracted. Ones. He was all upset about it. He's like waving at the referee, puck goes in, then he flips, you know. Yeah, that's what happens. He doesn't flip out. He, he crumbles to the floor and cries because he was an idiot. It's got to be It's got to be Timo. Like, if you're going to do one, just do the Timo one. Like, I don't want to re- – I hate that. I, re- I relive my favorite player's I, injury over and over and over again. It's, just, it's so it sucks, brutal. It sucks seeing that hit, but, I mean, like I said, it, it gives context to how amazing that goal was coming back. Uh, yeah, I, I got I got weird feelings about it. You know, yeah, I, I Q, see, I Q was getting ripped on social side. media for being sad about it, and people are trying to people are trying to celebrate him as a great player. I get it. All right, yeah. that's enough of that topic. That's enough for our show tonight. Um, if you guys would love to get a jersey, you should go to coolhockey.com, put in that promo code FM20 to get 20% off your jersey purchase. And if you just want to try to get a free one, uh, we haven't really had a, the game been going on here for a couple of days because uh, we weren't <laughs> we doing post game shows. But there was yeah. one tonight with a bonus question is because I wanted more work for Eddie to do since he's taken so much time <laughs> off. He's had such a long bus ride to think about it. Yeah. But uh, if you participate in our Forever Mighty Three Stars, you have a chance at the end of each month to win it, uh, to win a jersey of your choice, customized everything, the whole shebang. It doesn't have to be the Ducks. It could be anything you want. But um, all you have to do is get finished at the top of the leaderboard, and it's very difficult to do. Just answer your questions. We post them about between 15 and 30 minutes before each game. And we're running this minutes. for, yeah, 45, sorry, 45, 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes uh, before each game. And then we, we're going to run this one from March to the end of April because there's only two games in April. So we're going to stretch that across the April games. And that will probably help you guys out considering we missed three games in a row. So yeah. we got that. And if you want to check out our bonus content, go to our Patreon. Uh, you can check us out there. We do four bonus shows depending on the tier you select. But that helps us out. 
It helped get Eddie out here. It helped put on the watch party. It helped get the, the raffle prizes for the watch party. So anything you guys do to support us, if you want to do a little bit extra, that's awesome. Hit us up on Patreon. If you don't, you like the free show, I don't blame you. That's great, too. Either way, uh, we appreciate the support. But the bonus shows are definitely worth it, in my opinion. <laughs> Everyone likes the Pucks and Brews show, man. Everyone likes to pack sure. and drink, talk about beer, <laughs> BS about the NHL, and then, uh, you know, you get to participate in most of those. We do them live. We do them on YouTube, so you can see, yeah. you can drink along with us. It's a good time. It definitely is a good time. For sure. So that's it for us tonight. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back at it here on Friday against Calgary. And until then, you guys take care. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys.